walk, they'll be with fire in our eyes, and lives alive. Your love untamed is blazing out. This breeze will blow. How we doing? Doing good after that cup of tea, bit of snacks. You brought snacks for the road. Love it. Classic. <laughs> Um, so right now, we're going to hear from none other than Kim Tyson, the man himself. Give a round of applause. He's an absolute legend, knows heaps about leadership. So be taking notes, writing them down and laughing at his jokes. Here we go. Thanks, Kalen. Thanks, guys. You're all unreal. Um, it's a real pleasure to be able to share with you this morning around leadership. I guess... Um, Caleb and Beth are doing an amazing thing here. So if I can encourage you with one thing this morning, it would be to get beside these guys, get behind them, really just pray for them. If they ask you to do something, say yes. Try and think of stuff they need done before they even ask you because it's a bit of a, it's a heavy thing to carry, like the leadership of, of a group of people. And so for them to be doing this, let's just keep lifting them up and, and keep encouraging them, letting them know what a great job they're doing. And um, it's really good for me to be able to speak about a youth event. I mean, growing up, I, I made a few decisions for Jesus in my life, in my teenage years. And, and due to some things, other circumstances, whatever decisions I made, I, I'd sort of step away from church and, and God and stuff. But it was, it was in this church in Ignition back in the day it was called that I actually came back to God and I dedicated my life to sort of serving God and doing what it would take to see God um, move in this region. And so I love this church, I love this youth group and, and so it is a real honour to speak here this morning and just to try and impart to you guys because the reality is, is a youth group's only as strong as its leadership. So if you've got strong leaders your leaders will take people to places that they never thought possible and, and you will speak into people's lives and you will influence people in a new and a greater way than you ever thought possible. So strive for leadership. And this morning I, I sort of just wanted to share with you, I've, I've been tossing up on what, to, what track to go down but, but I, I think I'll just share with you this morning a bit of my journey in, in God and, and as a result leadership and and we'll go from there and we'll see what happens. We might pray for you guys at the end and, and just really pray that stuff um, just gets stirred up on the inside of you. I, me and my wife, Bethany, we've got two kids. We've got Anastasia, who's six next weekend, and we've got Alfie, who is three in a month. Um, I, I think Annie loves Jesus. Not sure about Alfie. He's, um, the jury's still out on Alfie, so keep praying for him. But... um. We, we sort of have been part of this church since 2002, so 16 years, and, and I grew up in this church. I was about, I think, 16 when I came into this place, and it was a real eye-opener for me to see people that were my age that were passionate about Jesus, and it really stirred something in me, and, and it was the group of friends, it was the leaders in this place that really created in me this call that God wanted to do something in my life and as a result of doing something in my life in the community around me. And so we, um, we just served in church and in youth group and, and for five years we ran the young adults ministry of this church. It was called Change and my exceptional leadership ability. We started off with 10 leaders 
in the first year and by the second year it had grown to four leaders <laughs> and two of those were me and Beth. So, <laughs> so, so leadership can be tricky but um, I learn a lot of things along the way and so I'm, I'm hoping that what I share with you this morning is, is going to help a little bit. I'll take my jumper off because it's actually a bit warm. Talk amongst yourselves, yes, great. So um, I just wanted to share with you from John 15 this morning, and it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And this is the part that I really want you to grab a hold of this morning. It says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And the, the message version says, live in me, make your home in me, just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine. You can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. And this morning, I, I sort of just wanted to share with you, as I said, my story and two, two major points from this verse. And, and it's called, this message, Remain and Bear. And so, as, as all good messages should, let's pray and let's welcome Jesus here this morning. Jesus, we lift you up in this place. We thank you that... My words this morning, Lord, would be like the pen of a ready writer, ready to shape people's destinies. Lord, that people would not hear Kim's voice, but they would hear your voice in their spirit. Lord, I pray that as I, as I speak, you would just direct people's hearts, Lord, that you would speak words of life into people. And that above all else, Lord, that you would just be lifted up, that you would increase and we would decrease in this place. We love you. We thank you so much that New South Wales is going to win the origin tomorrow night. In Jesus' name, amen. Any Queenslanders? Oh, Carlos. Carlos and Beth. <laughs> good. What a good wife. I get that all the time, yes. Um, so in 2005, what was I? I was about 20, and I sort of found myself in this crossroads in my life. I had finished school the previous year, finished year 12, um, and I f felt <laughs> it was a funny start to the year because i just finished school, I applied to be a primary teacher, and I went to uni, and for two weeks I was t studying primary education, and the issue was I would go to uni and I would talk to people about studying and teaching kids, and they would be like, I can't wait to teach children. And I was like, mate, you should be on a watch list or something. That's way too excited about teaching kids. And, uh, <laughs> and the thing was, I didn't have that inside me. I wasn't that excited to teach kids. And so after two weeks, I actually dropped out of uni and said, I'm out. I don't want to teach children. I, um, I struggle with my own kids, let alone other people's kids. I don't have the patience and all that stuff. And so... I decided to work at a cafe for a year and get a traineeship, which means that I got paid, I think it was about six bucks an hour. And I was working like five, sometimes six days a week in this cafe in town. Does anyone know Brewster's? Mate, if you follow the 78-year-old women into a cafe downtown, chances are it'll be Brewster's. It was like our clientele was old ladies who loved their scones and their white teas. And, um, and it was a real interesting year because, I mean, I went through the year, I finished my traineeship, I probably made about <laughs> $2,000 for the year, 
with my wage and I hardly spend on anything. And so I got to the end of that year and I thought, what do I want to do with my life? <laughs> the big existential question, what, what does anyone want to do with their life? And I thought, I don't want to work at Brewster's anymore. So I started applying for jobs and, and so I, I applied for this electrical apprenticeship and um, it was just in a, in a mob over here in the industrial estate. And I, I was talking to my sister who had been doing Bible college down at Sydney. At, our church is part of C3 churches, which aim to have 500 churches by 20, 1,000 churches by 2020 with 500 attendants on average. And that's the main church down in Sydney at Oxford Falls. And so I, I applied for Bible college as well. And I got this interview for this electrical apprenticeship and I went in there I you know dazzled them clearly with my my charm my personality and all of that stuff and um and and on the probably a couple of days after the interview I got a phone call from the Bible college saying hey if you want to come to Bible college you're in and I was like okay great thank you and then that same day I got a call from the apprenticeship place saying if you want to do this electrician stuff, you've got it. You've got the job. And so I found myself with a decision. Do I want to be an electrician, which would set me up for life? You know, I'd learn some skills and, and do some cool things. Or did I want to study the Bible where I would end up with no qualifications and <laughs> I, I don't know what I would come out with. It would actually cost me money to go down there. And I, I, I remember thinking back and, and sort of just praying. And, and one thing that I've found in my life is that I, for some reason, when there's decisions to be made, I'm a big prayer, I'm a big sort of read the Bible and sort of get some directions. And I, I remember, you know what, I'm not even, I'm just talking. Let's have a chat this morning. And I remember sort of, um, I remember sitting down, maybe the next morning, morning after, I'm not sure. And I was reading this verse in Isaiah and it's like the commissioning of Isaiah and it says, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And it's an abstract verse, I know, but, but when you're sort of praying and you're reading the Bible, God opens things up to you. And that's one thing that I would encourage you to do. If you're just reading the Bible, just trying to get information and all this stuff, it's not going to work that well. You'll get bored of it. But there's this verse in Corinthians that says, um, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And so if I could encourage you when you're reading the Bible to read it through this filter of love and through this filter of getting to know God more, you'll see some things change in your world. And you'll read verses like that and they'll come to life. And so I, I read this verse that said, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And I remember going... God speaking to me saying you know what this is the thing you want to see me you want to dedicate your life to me you came to this church and you made a decision that you wanted to follow me with your life at this stage I want something to die in your life and I want you to pursue me and I felt straight away that was God saying you know what this electrical apprenticeship kill it follow me and so I called them up. I said, thank you so much. I really have wanted to be an electrician, but I'm going to go to Bible college. I believe it's called God in my life and all this. And he's like, yeah, okay, thanks, man. <laughs> Got off the phone. <laughs> and so I packed up all my worldly belongings. Mum drove me down to Sydney. 
and I lived in this share house with eight other boys. Brutal. And all our... F okay, so... <laughs> oh, there's so many good stories. I am just chatting. I'm, I'm not on point. But um, basically, we went down there and I was sharing a room. We had like the penthouse of this house. It was this huge room, walk-in wardrobe and an ensuite. I was sharing it with a mate I knew from years back. I met him maybe once. And so I'd gotten in contact with him. He's like, yeah, share my room with me, bro. And I was like, okay, sweet. So I get down there, mum drops me off and she like didn't want to leave me. She's like, <laughs> the house was dirty. All our furniture was from this thing called council pickup down there, which is where people leave their trashy furniture on the side of the road. And we just used to go along, pick it up and like take it back. And mum, they got there and my roommate was like, hey man, we found your bed at council pickup. It's got a mattress and everything. And I was like, oh, sick. <laughs> And, and mum took me aside and she's like, here's like a couple of hundred bucks. Go buy yourself a mattress. And I was like, oh, okay, mum, thanks. Yoink. No, never did. I just stayed on that mattress. I've probably caught a few diseases in my time because of it. But um, it was really fun. And so, <laughs> so mum dropped me off and she's like, all the best. Um, give us a call if you ever want me to come pick you up. Uh, I'll do it. And she sort of just let me go. And the thing was, we, I was paying, I think, 60 bucks rent because I was sharing this room with this guy. And our house was so mangy. We realised later on, we'd get randoms knocking on the door asking for these random people. And we'd be like, they don't live here. But because we started talking to the neighbours, we realised that we got this house really, really cheap because the previous tenants were running like a meth lab out of the joint. And, <laughs> and the school... The like, SWAT team had full-on raided the house, like cleared everyone out. And so we had all these like druggies come into our house asking for like their deal of friends. And we're like, oh, no. And so it dawned on us, that's why we're paying like 200 bucks a week for like ocean views and mad house. But it was in this place called DY, which is the ghetto. Anyway, I digress. And so, so I, start, I start Bible college and I realized pretty quickly that the reasons that I'm there is that I want to learn more about God, get closer to God, is kind of different to the reasons that a lot of other people are there. A lot of other people are just thinking, hey, this is a gap year, I'm going to travel down to Sydney or whatever, and I'm just going to have fun and party. And that was pretty much the perspective of the guys I've lived with. And so I remember most weekends I would come home and there would be like parties going, there would be like people of... There's so many people constantly that you couldn't get your own, like, time and space. And I remember just feeling so defeated at times. Like, I would go to college after a weekend and the dean would stand up in the, after chapel because you'd have to go to chapel at 8 a.m., <laughs> five days a week. And the dean would get up at the end of chapel and say, um, I need to see you, 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 and you. <laughs> And they, I'd find out later that they all got suspended because of a party they were <laughs> throwing on the weekend. And so I came to realise that the reasons I was at college was not the reasons everyone was at college. And one weekend they had this huge party. It was like, I think they said about two to 300 people came to this party in our house. It was massive. So many people I did not recognise. And by about nine o'clock at night, there was a car out the front was turned on its side and people were jumping on it 
and the police came. And I remember just thinking, i got to get out of this. So I went up to my room. I went into our walk-in wardrobe and I was like, God, what are you doing? Like, why am I here? What am I doing here? And I felt him just say, you know what, you need to, you wanted to come down here to get close to me. I'm giving you an opportunity to get close to me. Despite everything that's happening around you, I want you to really get to know me. And the thing is, is, I was reading this Christianity Today article a few months ago and it was this guy who wrote a book called Running on Empty, which is like a leadership book of a guy who was, was just going through the motions. He, his relationship with God was in all sorts of trouble. And he says that the biggest threat to Christianity is leaders who lead without God. The man led a church for 25 years before he realized he was doing things for God instead of with God. And that's a big distinction to make in your leadership. And he says that the beauty and the danger of leadership in church life is that the principles can be applied through men and women who are fallible, who have weaknesses, who have their own desires, who have their own wants. Men and women who lead through filters in their life of of past hurts, of past dysfunctional behavior, um, of their own desires and their own decisions. And And the key to a great leader is bringing Jesus with you for the ride. And there's this old saying that says that you can't lead people where you haven't been yourself. And as leaders in church, we need to make sure that we're leading people to places that we ourselves have been. Because there's an authenticity in that. And the main focus in youth and church leadership is leading people into a relationship with Jesus. And so the first sort of point I want to make this morning is remain in him. And so we go back to this story and I was down in Sydney and they had this crazy party. I was in a crazy house. The SWAT team had raided the previous tenants. We had a family of rats living in the joint. And I know that because my roommate woke up one night to one nibbling on his toe. Another roommate had one jump on him in the night and he moved his bedroom out to his car, which was on bricks, because he'd sold the tires for money. And he, <laughs> and he lived in his car for two months. Like it was a full on time of my life because I had been living at home where everything's hunky-dory and life is actually pretty sweet. There's always food in the fridge. And I moved down to this place where the people I'm living with aren't necessarily bringing me closer to God. In fact, they could almost be said to be taking, trying to take me away. The situation, I'm, I'm living on not much money and the house I'm living in has rats. And so, and the mattress I have is from council pickup. <laughs> and so I remember just saying, God, what is it that you want from me? And I, I remember him just speaking to me. And when I say God spoke to me, it's sort of like I felt in my heart or in my head an impression of like a counter argument to what I was saying. So that's what I mean when I say God spoke to me. And I felt him just say, you know what, you wanted to be close to me. You came down here because some things in your life had to die to pursue me. This is your chance. Because there is nothing around you that would say that you could have done, had a relationship with me of your own sort of volition or the, the situation around you would have fostered that. And so I remember I started to pray. I would go on into the streets of DY, the ghetto, at night time, and I would just be praying. 
And I, I think the fact that I wasn't gunned down in a drive-by is a miracle in itself because DY at that stage was pretty crazy, especially the area I lived in, as evident by a meth lab. But, um, <laughs> but I used to pray and I'd try and read my Bible and I would just be trying to get closer to God. And at the start, it was really difficult. But I remember like a few months in just... One morning reading this verse that says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I remember praying that night about it and just feeling this thing inside of me stir that says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I started praying from that sort of perspective that God, you would be with me, that you would change my desires because I went down there with the desires of a 20-year-old, a standard 20-year-old, which were you know, I want a successful career, I want a successful life, I want all of these things. But looking back, it's funny how that one year where I really grew close to God, my desires shifted. And we read this verse and we say, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And we think, yes, I want that car, I want that job, I want all this stuff. But the thing is, is when you delight yourself in the Lord, your desires don't become your desires anymore because your desires start becoming God's desires. And it's funny how this, this verse is framed and because the more, as John 15 says, we abide in him or as Psalm 37 says, we delight ourselves in him, the more our desires turn into looking to build Jesus in our lives. And I, if I could encourage you this morning with anything it is that your call your skill your gifting your leadership it's all secondary to this one thing which is spending time with Jesus and your leadership will go from strength to strength if you would just remain in him if you would take him with you that you your life and your leadership wouldn't be about doing things for God but doing things with God and as lasers it's in leaders it's important to find our time because as life goes on your time becomes less and less you get married you have kids you find that your time is consumed with things that it's so hard to spend time with God that you need to reframe how you spend time with God but just know that even if it's walking down the street saying God I take you with me today lead me and guide me and show me the way you want me to go if your life is dictated by that compass direction, you will see him move in your life. Leadership is influence. And the reality is, is that no matter who we influence, we're influencing with what's inside of us. And I'm amazed at how many people you talk to and they're like, man, I don't have time for God. And you're like, okay, fair enough. But, but the reality is, They've got so much time for NRL fantasy or, <laughs> or Fortnite or, or Kardashians or all of these things. And it's like make spending time getting to know God and just being and abiding with him your number one priority as a leader and you will see things happen in your day-to-day -day life that you could not imagine. And this morning we're talking about leadership so the message is a little bit more challenging, you know. <laughs> That's why it's like, spend time with God, guys. Because if you spend time with him, you'll see how good he is. And you'll see that whatever you do will flourish. You'll see that you'll be talking to someone. And 
and where you used to maybe have a connect group with young kids and it was tough slog that they weren't listening or whatever, you start realizing that when you're spending time with God, when you're remaining in Him, you'll see things change and shift in your world and you'll see that they'll start listening, that stuff will start happening, that you'll start getting words for people and, and you'll be praying for them and stuff will happen. And, and that's the beauty of God because Jesus is looking for people who will be available for him. There's a verse in, um, I think it's Chronicles, and it just says that for the, for the Lord looks to and fro across the land for someone for whom he can move on behalf. He's looking for people who would stand up and say, use me, God. I'm interested. I want to do life with you. And you'll do some extraordinary things. Now, I wanted to do something this morning, which is a bit of fun, a little bit practical, a little bit scary, a little bit scary. So if, if you guys, um, that's the number one thing I've, I had heaps of other things to talk about, but I was talking to Kalen beforehand and I feel like this could be a bit of fun. And so I remember being in Bible college and one of the biggest things you can do in Bible college is actually get used to standing up and speaking in front of people. And so some of you are freaking out right now, but what one class we did was called Effective Communication, which was with a guy called Greg French. He's a bald guy. He's got a really strong voice. He's quite intimidating to talk to because he's loud and, and, and obnoxious. But what, what this class was geared towards, we had like 10 weeks to do this thing. Basically, he got us to a stage where we would be able to get up in front of a class, have a random Bible. Is this, does someone have a Bible I can use? Yep, sweet. We would, nice Bible, Ellie. You're a real Christian. <laughs> so... So pretty much like open the Bible to a random spot, pick out a verse, read the verse out and then preach on it for like five minutes. And by the end of the year, he had us doing that. And it's, it's quite simple. And so I'm going to give you maybe five minutes this morning to think of a story. Now, it can be two minutes, not even two minutes. I just want to maybe see you guys apply this because I think it's part of the fun on a leadership day that you can get out of your comfort zone and try a little something different. So I don't even have a story prepared. Um, so let's say uh, the Bulldogs, the Bulldogs. Oh, bad story. <laughs> it's, it's all sad. So uh, oh, it's, it's not as personal. Um, let's, let's say, okay, so every morning, I get up with Alfie, my son, I pick him out of bed, I make him breakfast and we go for a walk. And the other day on this walk, we saw a kangaroo jumping through the field near our house. And we were like, look at that. And he was amazed, okay? Short story, 20 seconds maybe. The thing is, is that preaching, communicating is about being able to apply a story to a number of different situations. And so you can read, say, this verse um, here. This one's good. Isaiah 61, 6, 10. Make the heart of this people callous, make their ears dull and close their eyes. The other morning, I took Alfie for a walk. I got him up. 
I dressed him, we had breakfast, and we went for a walk near our house, and there's fields. And we saw this kangaroo, and I was like, Alfie, look at that. And I looked at Alfie, and he was so disinterested because just like this verse says, his heart had become callous to the things of God. And so what we need to do is we need to see the beauty around us and appreciate it for what it is. So that's the sort of thing, okay? So you can sort of take a story. Um, I'll give you a bit of, like, freedom to, to change the story a little bit to suit yourselves, whatever. Okay, so maybe get a partner. Everyone get a partner. Does everyone have a partner? Okay. Have, give yourselves maybe two minutes to think of a story. It can be made up, whatever. But what I want you to do is maybe tell you figure the story out for yourself initially have it have it in your head pretty clear real simple once you've got it in your head turn to your partner tell your partner and each of you takes it in turns okay so figure it out for yourself first and then turn to your partner and what we're going to do is no no i'll i'll do you guys want me to pick a verse or do you guys want to choose your own Pick a verse, okay. I'll, I'll pick something friendly, something that preaches, like David and Goliath or something. But, um, <laughs> but, but have a go, have a go. And, and I'm not expecting amazing results. So, I mean, if it, if it fails tremendously, it fails tremendously. We can have a bit of fun though, okay? So have a bit of fun. All right. 